Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the Ask Me Anything Podcast. Um, Before we get into that, obviously, we always do the housekeeping, so let's get to it. Guys, I'm on all social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, all under Michigan Maniac Podcast. Hit me up. Uh, also, um, still the more popular of the, well, actually the only thing I do is if you guys rate and review, okay? Mainly if you just review. If you review my podcast on either Apple Podcasts or, uh, the Michigan Maniac fan page on Facebook, hit me up. Let me know your name uh, and address. I will send you a sticker. Plain and simple. There we go. It's all good to go. Um, So let's get into this, right? So a lot of kind of interesting things have been going on. Obviously, we just just hit the conclusion of signing day. Uh, Some really uh, actually kind of surprising, right? I mean... After a two and six or two and four season, you don't really expect to be ninth nationally and uh, second in the Big Ten, which is uh, I'm good with. I mean, you're finishing second to only to Ohio, which was in the national title game. What more can you ask for, right? Uh, Nationally, you're in the top 10. And if what we have seen in just a short amount of time from these coaches, uh, I would assume we're going to be in the top five from here on out. I mean, in recruiting classes. I mean, uh, Coach Mo, right? Uh, Sean Nua is starting to show amazing things. Uh, Bellamy, once he finally starts dominating the state of Michigan, uh, along with Gaddis and Hart, once Hart starts making his presence known, uh, I don't see how these young, dominating coaches out on the recruiting trail can't get us into top five nationally and serious uh, competition with Ohio for number one in the in the Big Ten. Uh, now, what's remained to be seen, and I I have all faith that we're going to see this, like these guys uh, coach. Like, I want to see them call plays. I have all the faith that they can call plays during a game. I think they can restore the culture that Harbaugh, I don't even know, willingly destroyed. Uh, maybe he felt out of necessity he did it, but didn't realize what he was really doing. Um, but I'm excited. Uh, now, obviously, this is the ask, the ask me anything. So let's get into it. Um, my man, Braddy G. Love this guy. Um, been a fan from the get, I think. And, I, you know, that means a lot. But he asks, well... Uh, what do you think of Warner staying on or possibly staying on as an offensive uh, analyst? Uh, 
Um, well, I was, I, I, to be quite honest, I was shocked when, um, when he got, when not when he got fired, because he didn't, his contract expired. Um, but when they didn't re-up him, I was kind of shocked. When you, and this is not a fresh point, so I'm not here to, you know, drive it home or whatever. But, I mean, it's an obvious point. So, you know, no one's Sherlock Holmes over here figuring this one out. Uh, when you put four players off the offensive line into the NFL, right, in the same draft class, not just throughout his existence at Michigan, but in the same draft class, pretty pretty impressive. Um, I'm, But he falls mainly in that clubhouse, you know, the... The Bushwick or the the Bushwood, uh, the Bushwood mentality of we are rich men hanging out and I am too old to do whatever. So maybe he didn't connect with his young players. I've heard uh, conflicting uh, reports on that. Um, so, but. He, the proof is in the pudding with what he's been doing with the offensive line. So if he can add to that as an analyst and then maybe throw in some stuff, I don't even know what an offensive analyst does in college football, to be quite honest with you. I mean, where where is his expertise going to be utilized? Now, if you could throw in his utilization or his expertise into the offensive line, and helping out Sharon Moore, who, like we've discussed, was an offensive lineman for Oklahoma. Uh, I think that's a winning. I think that's a winning combo. You let the more charismatic young guy take over the coaching to create that culture, right? Because he's hungry. He wants to make a name for himself. He's been killing it on the recruiting trail. Now it's time for him to kill it on the on in the coaching arena. So why not do that, right? And then you then you sprinkle in like the guy with the salt. I don't even know what that guy's name. Remember the gif of the the weird Latin looking fellow who just kept throwing salt at steak or whatever. You throw that, but all that salt is just uh, Warner's offensive line expertise, and you help Sharon out in that. Oh, hey, I think that's a, a absolute winning combination right there. Um, so I'm excited about that. I hope it. I hope it's a. I think it's. Well, I hope it's a winning marriage of ideas and personalities. Uh, so yeah, I'm all about it. There, I'm all about that, Brad. Um, now, let's see here. Oh, well, actually, oh man, let me get. Sorry about this, guys. I thought I had it up already, but I don't. Let me get into this real quick. So, Pete, my my main man Pete here, sent an... Uh, I, I am so embarrassed with this, sorry. Um, so, Peter asks, first question, will Michigan basketball program make the Final Four? I think that I absolutely think we will. Now, the question is, is Michigan basketball with how stringent and how strict the COVID uh, rules are, should they even risk going to the Big Ten title 
or the Big Ten tournament, being around a bunch of schools, I mean, as we've seen, right, um, not one of them has tested positive for COVID. Then they got, and they've been shut down for two weeks. What could go wrong with 14 other schools or 13 other schools in an area? I mean, it's a little nerve-wracking. Now, if the COVID testing policies are up to snuff and they're kind of in that bubble, maybe they should go. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely think we can get this last month of basketball in and we can kind of break off the rust, maybe lose one or two games because let's face it, it's not because we'll lose because we're, we're not better than those teams. It's just because we're not game ready to be quite honest with you. I don't see the teams that they will be potentially playing, even though they're tough. You've got Michigan State, Ohio State. I think Illinois is canceled and maybe even Wisconsin. But those weren't going to be gimmies anyways, right? you got Iowa still. Tough. Tough teams. I'm not taking away from those teams. Very skilled. It could beat anyone on any given night. But the way our team was playing up to that moment, I don't see them losing. Maybe Iowa. But even Iowa has no D. Maybe, I don't know. Anyways, yes, I think we have a chance to get to the Final Four, especially if we break off the, the rust in this month of February going into March. And I definitely think we're a Final Four team. Uh I'm excited about, but once, but also, in the in the tourney, you never know what's going to happen. But if everything goes the way I think it'll go, I can definitely see Michigan winning two to three games, getting them into the Elite Eight and Final Four. Absolutely, I think they're I think they're going to be there. Second, how do we beat Mel Tucker and MSU and twenty one, twenty two, twenty three? Um. Well, I mean, it's just obvious, right? We need to stop being bitches, and we need to start embracing the hate. I don't know what hard. See, I'm trying not to be negative with Harbaugh right now because I really want to love him again. I really want to believe in him again. But this whole I'm above it all situate, you know, this whole thing, this whole Bushwood mentality, clubhouse mentality he's embraced lately. I hate it. But with Mike Hart on the team, and everybody knows who Mike Hart is. Those kids are young, are old enough to know who Mike Hart is, right? He's young. He's aggressive. Listen to him on John Jensen's uh, podcast and tell me you don't love this guy. Um, he embraces the hate, and that's how you do it. That's how we beat them every year from here on out, right? Like it used to be. I mean, we'd beat them eight in a row, and then one year they'd pop up out of nowhere and beat us, right? And that's how it should be. They're Michigan State. We're Michigan. And if there is no greater example, then we flipped their second best player who they touted and was rubbing in our face because they beat us this year, obviously, because we're, we're dog shit this year. But, you know, Rashawn Benny. And they're, oh, Benny's this. Oh, he's all about being Spartan way. The, the, the branding, somehow, they actually thought using 
the branding argument against Michigan was a winning argument. That right there goes to show you that they are Michigan State. Who in their right mind, literally in their right mind, says to a kid, we have better branding as the Michigan State Spartans than the Michigan Wolverines. Even when we stunk to high heaven, no one gave a shit nationally, globally, any of it, about the Michigan State Spartans over the Michigan Wolverines. That goes to show you how delusionally ignorant Michigan State is. Little brother is always going to be little brother. And right now, with that kind of approach to a major recruit, shows that they that mom and dad has hit little brother over the head too many times with a rolling pin. They, they've got some mental damage. It's, it's sad. But that's how you do it. You embrace the hate. You use your talent. For God's sakes, we have the second best recruiting class in the Big Ten this year. I think they have the 10th. The 10th. We should never, ever, ever lose, except for maybe once in a while, to little brother. So embrace the hate. Get the coaching staff to actually coach these mother effers up. And then you go out on the field and you whip their ass. Every time you play them, it's the Super Bowl. It is your only reason for existing is to beat Little Brother. And you should want to beat them by 70. You shouldn't expect. See, that's the thing. You shouldn't expect to beat them by 70. You should go out and earn that 70 that 70 point beatdown. You go out and you earn it. You want it. You've got to have it. Then you're going to get it. But you walk out onto that field and expect it? The Bushwood way of doing it? And for all you young ones that don't know what Bushwood is, watch Caddyshack. Then you lose. Right? Then you lose. That's how we do it. We embrace the hate and let our talent and coaching just outdo them. It, we should be 20-point favorites over these this awful, awful team every stinking season. And it I, I hate this school more, I think. I might hate them more than Ohio State. I might. I, I mean, it wavers. Because I, I, I'm not a fan of Ohio. I really can't. I, ugh, Ohio just annoys me no end. But at least in my mind, they have a right to be annoying. You know, when you're constantly in the top three recruiting classes, you go to the playoff almost every year. You get into numerous national title games. You deserve a bit of arrogance, right, when you have that resume. But when you're freaking little brother, you don't deserve it. And the reason why they have it is all because we allow them to have it. And that's what it's annoying. That's what drives me crazy because it's not deserved on their end. They haven't earned anything. We have given it to them by our lackadaisical attitude to that game. And I blame Harbaugh for that. And I, I just want to rail on that dude right now. But I'm not. I'm going to be positive. 
This is a very positive podcast for the Michigan Wolverine staff. I mean, I'm trying to adapt the ward manual head up my butt type of approach when it comes to Jim Harbaugh. Okay, let's move on before I, I do something that my grandmother would be disappointed in. Number three. From old my from my man Pete, um, why don't we see the amazing talent on the field at Michigan Stadium when oh after when we these guys leave to the NFL right? And I see what he's saying. He said because we saw as we all saw Carlo Kemp had that interception. He showed the speed. He showed it all right. Um, and then obviously we all have our our qualms or how we think of Jabril Peppers right? How we think of uh, Rashawn Gary, how we think of these great players that we have misused, right? Misused. I mean, tragically misused. Even Daxon Hill it was on that trajectory of being another great Michigan player that would get misused. Oh, also, I mean, look at uh, Zach Charbonnet, you know, transferring out. Could have been a great Michigan football player, but now is gone. Um, I blame it solely on the coaching staff. I mean, 100%. I think defensively, you can blame Don Brown. Don Brown was uh, seems to be the biggest pain in the ass that anybody's ever seen. Because, I mean, if you will, now it just depends on what you want to believe, right? Is Don Brown the, because well, apparently what seems to be, what I've Sherlock Holmes observed out of all this is that Don Brown was scared in my opinion, scared. Now, you can say he just didn't want to mess with the big recruitments, but I think he was scared of losing out to the other schools on the big recruitments uh, on major talent, even when it came to defensive tackle. Sean Nua wants to get into the muck. He wants to throw mud. He wants to go bare-knuckle brawling with Ohio State, LSU, Bama for the top-notch recruits because he believes in himself to get that stuff done. But when you're head your defensive coordinator says nah you know what we'll take some kid from massachusetts who is 250 and we'll put 40 pounds of muscle on him or 40 pounds of weight and we'll stick him in the defensive tackle position that's what we're going to do we're going to grab the low-hanging fruit because this way i don't have to feel stressed that is the bushwood attitude that we've had as a team going forward or in the in the last couple of years i think don brown was a huge pain in the ass i don't think i think don brown was set in his ways i just obviously because he didn't want to change any of his calls even though wisconsin probably could have Probably knew Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Penn State probably knew every call Don Brown was going to make. And they were John Gruden, like they were John Gruden in the Super Bowl against the Oakland Raiders. Do you ever remember seeing that those highlights? I watched the Super Bowl. But do you ever see those highlights where John Lynch is like, they're doing everything we expected them to do or everything they've done in college. I mean, in practice, we know what they're doing. I mean, I'm paraphrasing or getting it all wrong, whatever. But the sentiment is right. I mean, Don Brown was a huge pain in the ass, in my opinion. I loved him. I, I love that kind of fiery attitude. But sometimes you get too old and too set in your ways, and that bites you in the butt. 
You know, you got to let your star coaches, got to let your star players be stars. You can't be like, you know what, it's my way. It's my way or the highway, and guess what? I don't care if he's a four-star. He's going to sit the bench until he's two years in and he understands the program. Oh, and then also, Rashawn Gary, I don't care if you can beat anybody off the line. You can be an amazing edge rusher. I don't care about that because I have a Viper or I have a Sam linebacker. I don't need you to do that. I need you to take on double teams so then Winovich can be the star. Instead of just creating an aggressive defensive front that both people can just meet at the quarterback and pop his head like a pimple. Let's not do that. Let's let's handicap great players for you, for your system. Now listen, that worked great in 2016, 2017 even. But when you don't, when you consistently recruit low-hanging fruit, it, it catches up to you. And then even with the big recruits you get, you refuse to play them or they're completely out of position. So I think Don Brown has proven to be a complete and utter, uh, or he was a huge hindrance, and I'm kind of glad he's gone, to be quite honest with you. So Peter, I hope that answered your question. I think now, uh, I think you'll see more players living up to their, their potential. I can't wait to see what Aiden Hutchinson does. In this defense, I can't wait to see what Chris Hinton does in this defense. Mozzie Smith does in this defense. I can't wait to see what happens. I just can't. I can't wait to see what happens because these young guys are aggressive. They're hungry. They want to make their own name. And if you're a star and they can see it, guess what they're going to do? They're going to utilize you because they want their name to grow too. That's the best part about this young coaching staff, right? That's the part that should be exciting, is that they're hungry as AF to get their name out there. And guess what? If you're a star and if you show promise, guess what you're going to get a chance to do? Dominate. They're not going to be like, nah, you're a freshman. I know you kick ass in practice, but we have this thing here at Michigan. F off that's not what it's going to be like with this with this team with this coaching staff with how aggressive they've been i cannot wait to see what they do on that field i can't i i because i i truly granted everything's going to be proof is in the pudding right maybe uh yamo b there doesn't know how to call a play maybe he doesn't maybe he has no clue what's going on even though i doubt john would have given jim somebody who was completely inept but, and maybe Mo Catalingus was not going to, you know, maybe all he can do is recruit. Maybe he doesn't know how to do anything else. I doubt that because Jordan Lewis has nothing but great things to say about him. I just, I, I don't see a downside right now to this, to this coaching staff. I'm excited about it. Granted, we have to see it on the field. I know. I get it. I think you're going to get more of a uh, honest approach from this team. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I think you will. I think uh, Yamo be there. Linguist uh, Sean New. I think you're going to find them to be probably more forthcoming. You'll probably see them become more lively. Well, I mean, Linguist and Yamo be there will be, you know, um, new. So we don't know how they are going to approach like press conferences or whatever the hell goes on, media days or blah. Now, 
getting past some of this, uh, one of the questions from Cole Zoe, my buddy, uh, he asked if I wanted just to talk about the recruiting class. And I've already touched on some of it, so I'll, I'll just go over them. Just kind of the highlights, right? Um, tw- first of all, before I get into that, I called this. I called this before anyone called this. I don't care what Michigan podcast you listen to. You can check my Instagram for proof, okay? I called that Dylan McCaffrey was going to go into the transfer portal and he was going to go play for his dad. I called it. Northern Colorado, that's where he's going. I called this just like I called that Urban Meyer was going to quit. Now, Urban threw a fucking uh, boomerang in on me by going to the NFL. I think the only reason why that happened was because USC did something that we didn't expect them to do by keeping Clay Helton, maybe because they're broke. And then also, Notre Dame started going on a winning streak, right? Because that's where I thought he'd go. I thought he'd go to Notre Dame. But anyways, I called it. I called it before any of them. You guys should listen to me when I read the tea leaves. I'm pretty smart. Like I said, I'm the Sherlock Holmes of college football. Now, I use, I've use i been using Sherlock Holmes a lot lately because I had COVID and I've been on you know, quarantine and I have watched everything Sherlock Holmes related and I think that's just on my brain lately. So anyways, for Cole, I'm going to go into just kind of the highlights of what I think. Um, love the fact that in the last week or two, Sean Nua... Uh, got three, closed three defensive tackles, two four-stars, one three-star. And more importantly, you flipped one from Michigan State to, to us. And even better, it was Benny, who was their second-best recruit. Their second-best, the one that they were pinning everything on defensively. It is sweet. It just like, mwah, you just love... Love seeing that stuff, right? Love that. That makes me very excited. Rooks, very excited to see. These are big boys that Ike from uh, got him from well from Texas, flipped him from Colorado. Very excited. I know he's a three star, but when you play in Texas, I mean, you could be a three star in Texas. That probably makes you a four anywhere else. Um, that was exciting. Um, I still my prediction. Uh. Of 2022 national title winner uh, is still on the table, in my opinion. Because I think you're getting kids in this recruiting class that are just different. They have a different mindset. I mean, J.J. McCarthy, what, is not, just not only, what, in the top five, top ten players in the country, I think it was? Maybe, I don't know. I'm guessing at this point. But a five-star uh, quarterback led his team to a high school championship game or high school championship was unbelievable in every way possible you can think of. And outside of just being an unbelievable player, never wavered in his decision to go to Michigan and then was as good as, of a recruiter as anyone that Michigan had and, and on the coaching staff. So you got that guy and his main mindset is kind of like now, I'm going to use this only as 
where I think he wants to go. Not because I think that's what he is. I who knows because it's what we, this has never been seen before. Brady, he's got a Brady mindset of I want to be great. I need other players to be great with me. I want to build them up. I want to create a winning staff. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be a winner. So a Brady mindset. That's what J.J. McCarthy has. And you know who else has that? Donovan Edwards has that. And we have him too. Now I'm sure in other recruiting sites, he's a four-star. In my book, he's a five-star. This is... uh, Chad Henney and uh, and Mike Hart all over again, but I think with McCarthy's mindset, I think that lifts us above to a national title along with Edwards. I mean, and just the added, I mean, look at some of the highlights. Um, so you have the reason why I put Bounds in this, Tristan Bounds. The reason why I put Tristan Bounds in here, I know he's a three star. But he's super he's super athletic. He is the perfect size for a tackle. He has the same mindset of this Michigan first. We're going to win. I want dudes around me to kick ass. That's the mindset that we need, and I like that in that kid. He kind of reminds me of a of a uh, young Gronk. Right, he just has that playful, silly, but serious attitude. I like that about Tristan Bounds, and that's he's kind of Gronk, uh, young Gronk. You know what I mean? I really do. I know different positions. I don't want to hear it. I understand position differences. Anyways, um, the uh, Benny, another great flip. We got him. A different mindset. Strong kid. Going to be a force in the middle. Could be. if uh, From some of the highlight stuff I've seen of this kid, could be a Mo Hurst type. Is what I've been... First thing I thought of when I saw him. Um, Dixon. Christian Dixon. Um, another amazing addition to the wide receiver core, which is already super talented. Then you throw Worthy on there. Yes. Flash Worthy. He is... Uh, in my opinion, he is drama-filled, but that's a young dude. And you know what, though? That's his personality, and he's going to be flashy. And with flashy comes guy, you know, young guy drama. You know, he's that guy, that, and I'm good with that. I think he's, because I think he's going to be a game-breaker, you know? I mean, just like Tariq Hill. Tariq Hill has the same kind of drama, you know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying about the personal stuff, because I don't know any of the personal stuff. But I'm talking about on-field, Twitter stuff. Like, I can see Worthy, when he finally gets into his grown man body, being kind of dominant like Hill, being able to do, you know, do like silly things like flip into the end zone for a touchdown instead of just running it in. I could see those things with him. Still great talent, you know? And those are just things you deal with when it comes to a guy who's just like that. Big deal. I mean, drama, drama kings are what, who cares? I mean, we talk about talent on the field. That's all I care about. Worthy, another amazing keep from this coaching staff that we all thought and probably were going, he was going to flip to Alabama. Um, Crippen, uh, what I love about Crippen is that he is the center to McCarthy, right? Uh, you, that's, that's, uh, 
a beautiful relationship. And if they have that relationship already settled in high school, that just means another beautiful four years coming up, you know, or three years, two years, whatever it is before both those boys are on the field together. Uh, love the Crippen thing. Rooks, obviously, love it. Uh, El Hadi, love that four-star. Check out any of his Twitter videos of him working. Now, maybe it's all just for Instagram or Twitter, and that's that he's trying to look like he's working hard. That obviously could be something, but I don't think so. This kid's footwork, the way he's running in sand, the way he's trying to block in sand, the way he's doing those things, again, shows the mindset of a national title winner. And we have numerous guys now on this team that are focused. And I don't even want to take away Andre Seldon. Andre Seldon, another one that I, I can't wait to see play because I think when he gets on the field, he's going to be a difference maker, right? I really do. It's a mindset. You've got young coaches with these young dogs that just can't wait to get out there and bite someone in the freaking ass and make a name for themselves. You've got young coaches, young kids with talent who can't wait to make a name for themselves. Yes, it has to be proven on the field. I get it. Sure. Obvious, right? But still, you have to be excited with what we see in just the the uh, explore like the exploration of the information. Um, another one, Colson. Come on, Tennessee. We got the kid out of Tennessee, Ravenwood, and I think we even just closed. Coach Mo just committed. Uh, got one of the what cornerback uh, or safety from uh, Ravenwood to commit to Michigan just recently. Four-star kid. I mean, already earning his money. He might not even stepped into Schimbeckler Hall yet, but still earning his money big time. Um, I just, I love this team. I think we're on the right track. I think this is it. I think 2022, my prediction of a national title could happen. I really do, but it all depends if Harbaugh's going to fuck it all up. And then before I go, I mean, let's face it, right? Now, we'll get into the season. We'll get into the season, um, the new schedule. Now, it's not really new. They just changed up some dates, moved some teams around. But we kept all the same teams. Um, this season and Harbaugh's job breaks down to this, to six games, right? Six games. Now, I know you're going to be like, Adam, I've seen the schedule. There's at least eight games that Harbaugh should be worried about. I disagree. And I respectfully disagree. Now, you're going to say, outside of the six I'm going to give you in a second, you're going to be like, Washington's one of the eight. Not really. And here's why. Okay? First of all, they're coming to Michigan. Uh, I know, granted, we didn't look good last last season. I'm not going to count last season as a thing because we've got all new coaching staff. We've got all new approach, all new everything. So it's going to be different. So if we were flying across the country to play Washington, yes, I'd be worried because Michigan never does well when they do that. They have a history as, as a university of not doing well when they do that. Washington's got to come over here. I live in Pac-12 territory, ASU. And I've seen Washington play. They're not. They weren't impressive this year. I know they went three and one, and they were in the what the 
Pac-12 championship game until it got canceled against Oregon. I get it. But the teams they played and the teams, they are garbage. The 3-1, and one, they lost to Stanford, who didn't have a great season this year anyways and didn't have enough talent. That, that was what exposed them to me. And I watched the rest of them. Not a great college football team. So I'm not worried about Washington, especially that they're going to be in the big house. Two, you're going to say Maryland looked good. And they have a decent recruiting class. Third and I think in the Big Ten, to be quite honest. I still don't believe in Maryland. Until I see it on the field, and I'm sure that's how a lot of people feel about us. But until I see it on the field, I don't believe in Maryland. Never will. Right? Maryland's always going to be Maryland when it comes to football to me. Unless uh, unless Boomer Esiason's coming out of nowhere. But then they've got Tua's little brother, blah, blah, blah. Fine. They got talent, and they're on their way up. But I just think we have... With this coaching staff and with the kids that we have coming in, I think we have more talent to them to win. So here are the six games that really matter. And so we've got, obviously, at Wisconsin, right? Then you've got Northwestern. Then you have at Michigan State. Then you have Indiana. You have at Penn State. And then home against Ohio. Now, these are the games that are going to dictate if Jim Harbaugh gets fired or if he stays for another year. Um, Wisconsin and Penn State, I don't know if I'm really that worried about because, uh, as we saw, they really weren't impressive after they played us or even before with Mich- with Penn State, right? Um, Wisconsin completely fell apart after they whipped our ass. And that was only because they had a cheat code because they knew exactly everything that old man Brown was going to call. So I don't really count that. Um, But at Wisconsin's always hard. That's always a tough game to win. So that'll be huge. How we play in that game and get out of that game without losing a quarterback, because we seem to lose all our quarterbacks in that game, especially at Wisconsin. Big game. Now, Northwestern I threw on there only because they made it into the pack, into the Big Ten title game this year, championship game. Um, but they were a senior-heavy team, right? I think three of their three of their top, or actually all three of their starting wide receivers, seniors gone, unless somehow they come back. I don't know if that's possible. It could be because you know COVID rules. They're starting tight end, same thing. I think they had like three or four. Uh, offensive linemen don't know their starting positions because let's face it, it's Northwestern. I barely put in enough attention just to find out how many seniors they had on this team. They bore me as a team, but yet because they are boring, they can then kick you right in the nuts and beat you. They're like uh, Novocaine. You dick around and they they prick you and you could fall asleep. All right, That's just Northwestern. They're boring. They're nerds, they're boring, they're, I mean, they are everything you would think they would be coming from Northwestern. For God's sakes, their their main colors are purple and black. Purple. What? Enough said. Black. I mean, purple? Uh, enough. Um, so I only picked them only because of what I had just said. And then obviously, little brother. At, yep. At 
the trash hole that is East Lansing when you can uh, when you can be a valedictorian and major in bum fights doesn't really impress me as a college in general. Their basketball team's a joke this year. They're a joke in general, but yet they have the biggest joke in the world, and that's on us because we're three and three on them, or three and three with them, and it's embarrassing. It's more of an embarrassing secret than if my father or my uncle was a pedophile, and they're not, thank God. God bless you, you know, warm-blooded Americans, but if my uncle was a pedophile, it would be less of uh, of a family scarlet letter than us being three and three with Michigan State. Obviously, that is a joke. So all those people are like, <gasps> the, audible, the audible gasp, relax, it's a joke. Obviously, diddling little kids is not anything I find funny. Well, unless it's making fun of Michigan State, then it's something. Anyways, get over it. We're moving on. Um, so Michigan State, always going to be a problem. Until we just realize that we're Michigan and we should beat them by fucking 40 every fucking year. So until that happens, yes, they're always going to be a problem. Um, Indiana, still senior heavy team. Uh, if we had any semblance of a team this year, I think we could have beat them. I We all watched that game. Yes, they were kind of impressive, but how many times did Michigan shoot themselves in the foot? I mean, Milton threw one of the ugliest interceptions I've ever seen in my life when Michigan was driving. They weren't impressive outside of the one time they played Ohio State, and they were much way more impressive than we've been in the last three years, so I'll give them that. So that's why they're on the list. Also, Penn State. At Penn State, tough always, because if if we've got the vaccination, COVID's going to hopefully not be a big deal, and we can have a whiteout game. God knows, look at me, I'm hoping for a whiteout game at Penn State, right? Speaking of pedophiles. But still, you know what I'm saying? We're, you know, a whiteout game at Penn State's always tough, you know, so we'll see what happens there. And then, obviously, Ohio. That's a loss as far as I'm concerned. And, and I hate saying that. I, I hate I hate me sometimes for even thinking that. But it is what it is. So those are going to be the six games that dictate if we keep Harbaugh or not. And if he does a 2-4 and four like he did last season, goodbye Harbaugh. And let's hope we can keep some of, this, some of these coaching uh, decisions like heart and linguist, uh, Yamo be there, probably go back to the end uh, to the NFL. Uh, who knows, right? We'll just hope we can keep some of the uh, Bellamy will keep, you know what I mean? Let's hope we keep some really qualified guys. Um, but we go five and one, which I think we can. Uh, I, I'm very excited. I, th- I think that's a I think that's a winning possibility, you know. I think Harbaugh keeps his job. So, okay, guys, this has been a great episode. I want to try and give you more. Uh, I'll be honest, COVID has set me back some, only because I'm trying to work as much as I can now. Uh, we've got uh, more furloughs on the on the horizon, so I don't know what my job will be. Whatever. I'm not here to bum down everybody, whatever. It just, I'm trying to work as much as I can to stockpile some stuff so this way I can feel a little bit more comfortable about my lifestyle. That's the only reason why I mention it. 
Um, but yeah, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. It is great. We're going to get there, guys. 2022 national title. I'm telling you, this is what it is. Okay, I've read the tea leaves. I really believe this is it. Now watch Harbaugh completely shove his head up his butt and completely look like shit this year. Anyways, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys, go blue.